This episode is brought to you by Progressive Insurance. Whether you love true crime or comedy, celebrity interviews or news, you call the shots on what's in your podcast queue. And guess what? Now you can call them on your auto insurance too with the Name Your Price tool from Progressive. It works just the way it sounds. You tell Progressive how much you want to pay for car insurance, and they'll show you coverage options that fit your budget. Get your quote today at Progressive.com to join the over 28 million drivers who trust Progressive. Progressive Casualty Insurance Company and Affiliates. Price and coverage match limited by state law. A swing and a high fly ball. Deep right field. It's a slam. This is the Cardinals Countdown to Opening Day Show, presented by Amron. How about the old Uncle Charlie here? pitch. Swing and a miss. Through the fastball right by him and he strikes him out for the third time. And that's eight K's for the Cardinal Hurts. Now, Mike Claiborne and Chris Raby with the Cardinals Countdown to Opening Day Show. Presented by Amron on the Cardinals Radio Network. I'm Tom Ackerman and welcome to another edition of the show. The Countdown to Opening Day is indeed on. We've already played some games in the Grapefruit League. We're going to get down to Jupiter in just a moment. Let me just set up the show for today. Cardinals reliever Bud Norris and Jason Mott on the show, as well as Sam Tuivalala taking a trip around the bullpen, it appears. Carlos Martinez from the Cardinals starting rotation is also on the show and one of the great base stealers in baseball history. He'll be on the ballot for the Cardinals Hall of fame vince coleman among our guests tonight on the program but first things first let's send it down to our broadcasters in jupiter at roger dean stadium chris raby and mike claiborne thank you tom yeah what a week it was for the cardinals as we opened up uh, grapefruit league games last friday hard to believe claves that we're turning the page to march and an eventful week we made our way through the rotation save for adam wainwright who we'll see on uh, thursday in jupiter uh, saw jack flaherty a couple of times and all in all i've seen some pretty good baseball I would agree with you. Um, I, I always try and see how the pitchers approach things. And granted, it's a very small sample size, but you know what? We saw some guys, A, throw strikes. We saw them, B, work on some things along the way. And C, they didn't fool around. And, and that's one of the things that I think is important in the spring is to develop a pace where you don't leave people bored in the field and you work at a good enough pace where you get in that rhythm that you're looking for. And if you can do it early, it's going to be easy to keep going compared to trying to find it toward the last week of spring training. I thought Luke Weaver yesterday reminded me of Mike Leake the last couple of springs. Get yeah. the ball, get on the rubber, go. The defense loves that. The guys behind you love that. And everyone in the dugout loves that as well. Well, when he, does, when he doesn't have a lot of guys running on the bases, that you're right, it is a very good way to approach it. But even... When he did have a runner on, he was pretty quick about how he went about his business. So, overall, I like what I see on that front. Again, it's it's very early. Uh, the pitching philosophy has changed a little bit compared to what we've seen in the past. And we'll have to see how guys continue to, to try and adapt to that as they go through spring training. Let's talk about a couple of the guys that have stood out. And there will be some decisions to be made. Last week we had President of Baseball Operations, John Moselock, on the show with us, Klaibs. And you start to play the numbers game. Think about some of the young pitchers that have impressed, especially guys that uh, maybe haven't had time in the big leagues. At some point, you have to determine if they're good enough. Do you take them north with you? Do you send them back to Memphis or Springfield? Do you put them in a big league bullpen where maybe they won't get as many opportunities? Or do you keep them stretched out? All good problems to have, and knock on wood, maybe the most important thing, we haven't had anybody with an injury setback so far. Yeah, you hope you don't have to use any of those kids early. I would like to probably keep them in the minors because the first month of the season – 
uh, with the off days and everything else, you're not going to get as many chances to pitch. So I think it's important for those guys to continue to hone their skill because they've had a taste of big league situations now they've been in spring training. But I think overall, any guy who's right on the cusp, I'd rather leave him in Memphis than have him be with the Cardinals and then that 25th guy that doesn't play. All right, a significant uh, moment for Alex Reyes today as he threw his first live batting practice session, two batters in Jupiter. And for Reyes, who is just over a year removed from Tommy John surgery, continues to make fantastic progress. And, again, Cardinals in a good situation, Claves, where they don't feel the need to push his recovery at all. It's in the hands of the trainers, but so far so good. He was on the show with us last week, and what a weapon that could be uh, for the Cardinals at some point this season in some capacity. Yeah, and, you know, they're going to slow walk him because they understand the the future. Uh, And they're not counting on him early. I mean, it's different than Lance Lynn, who came back after a year, and boom, he's right back in the rotation. I think with Reyes, they've got a lot of options with him, and they want to just see what how things respond. They also want to obviously gauge who's doing well in the big league club, so when he comes in, he's going to have a defined role. Offensively, I know last year we thought we had penciled in the 1-2-3, but I'm really excited about the possible combination of Dexter Fowler, Tommy Pham, Matt Carpenter, Marcelo Zuna, you could have Paul DeYoung and Yadier Molina hitting fifth, six. You could have Jed Jerko, a guy who two years ago with 30 home runs, hitting seventh. And then Colton Wong. I like the way, at least on paper, we, the media, yeah. the fans, get to play these games and start to envision how it could look. Well, you know, one of the things I look at with this, this offense doesn't have an easy out. There isn't a portion of the order where you say, oh, I can't wait to get to the number five or number six hitter. He doesn't have a resume. Everybody in the lineup has a reasonable resume where they can be effective. And Colton Wong swinging the bat reasonably well here, not just pulling the ball, but his ability to go to the left field gap is something I think we better start paying attention to. I know it's something he's worked a great deal on in the offseason, and he's starting to see it, uh, the results turn true for him since we've been in the spring training. I think the next phase you're going to see with him, along with Paul DeYoung, you're going to see them playing a lot more together to get that feel for the double play and positioning and things of that nature, and especially when you use the shift as much as you do, you got to make sure you have a feel for where people are going to be. So we're going to pair this thing down a little bit after this week, and you'll start to see a little bit more consistency in some positions for guys who haven't been accustomed to being there, and Dexter Fowler would fall in that category. All right, well, we are uh, through with the road trip, headed back. Cardinals will play one game in Orlando this weekend and then spend the next couple of weeks in and around the Jupiter and Palm Beach area. That's where we are, and we send you now back to Tom Ackerman. Gentlemen, thank you very much. Cardinals tickets are on sale now and start at just $5. The 2018 season is full of great matchups and cool giveaways, including six jerseys, six bobbleheads, two rings, and much more. Get your 2018 tickets today at cardinals.com. When we come back, the former Cardinals killer, he's now part of the team, Bud Norris, will be with us. On Cardinals Countdown to Opening Day, presented by Ameren on the Cardinals Radio Network. I'm Tom Ackerman. Welcome back to the show. Let's go back down to Jupiter. Chris Raby standing by with Cardinals reliever Bud Norris. Bud, first of all, welcome. What has the first week or so uh, been like in Jupiter? I guess it was last Monday, the day before pitchers and catchers report that the news broke, that you were agreeing to terms with the club. Uh, it's been great. You know, it's uh, always fun to get back down here and get on the fields. But, you know, this group, this organization, and, and the things that we can do this year are right in front of us. So, uh, we're just about putting our best foot forward right now, getting things going. You know, these live BPs will be a first test for us, but we open games on Friday, so we'll be ready to go. What was this off season like for you? Obviously, it's strange in terms of guys 
that are free agents. You had uh, quite a nice portion of the year last year with the Angels, and we saw the relief market start to move a little bit. But I imagine um, interesting whenever you're going through the free agent process, but also in a year when there's just so much uncertainty. What have the last couple of months been like? Yeah, it's pretty stressful. You know, it, it definitely uh, have some unclarity like that is is tough on the family, tough on myself. But uh, you know, my agent, my family, and friends, you know, were very supportive. And you know, the phones are ringing. It's not like you know, the teams aren't being active. There definitely has been some communication. It's just. You know, trying to get to that, you know, agreeing to terms part of it is, is a little bit challenging at times. But, you know, when the Cardinals get, got in the mix, you know, late in February, I got really excited. You know, this has definitely been, you know, a wish list on, on my destination sheet. And uh, I got super excited. I got some goosebumps on my neck when Mo said, you know, they wanted to stretch me out and, and possibly do some things in the bullpen. But uh, this has definitely been something in my heart that says I wanted to end up in St. Louis, and I'm extremely excited to be here. So why is that? Obviously, St. Louis fans have a familiar history with you, uh, with you pitching really, really well, but use the word wish list. Why was this place so attractive? Well, I think it's the culture is the first and foremost thing, and they just breed baseball players. Uh, you know, the factory through the minor league systems and what they've done on the big league field for so many years, it just it proves that it's, uh, you know, top to bottom, the organization and the culture is just something you can't parallel with you know and that being said they put baseball first every year they're going to have a competitive club every year they're going to be in a independent race they're going to be in there all the way in the end because they're going to grind it out they're going to go get the things that they need to fill some voids or they're going to find something within you know one young guy from within can really turn into club around so tell me a little bit about this spring obviously you are going to get the opportunity to stretch out we'll see where the need is but do you approach things differently not knowing entirely what your role is going to be, and as we get towards uh, the first set of games this Friday, especially with a condensed schedule, some guys only throwing live once before getting into games. Are unique challenges this year? Uh, definitely a unique challenge, but I think uh, I'm enjoying the fact that I get stretched out. I think that's the best thing for my arm and my, for my body is to, because I work so hard all off season to get my body in the best shape, but then get down here and get on the fields and get your th- arm in, in throwing shape is a little bit different. So I think the fact that I get to stretch it out, do some things in the bullpens, elongate those, and obviously even in the game, have, throw some more pitches. You get to fatigue your body. You get to push, your, push yourself through some levels and stuff like that. So I think that's the best thing for me going into my preparation. But as you know, uh, at, in the camp, some things will get decided, but uh, if I need to transition to the back end, I'll be okay with that and uh, just take it running. What do you think you're best suited for right now? Is it to be a starter? Is it to be a guy who can close and who can compete for that closer's role? I know everybody says whatever is best for the team, but in terms of your stuff, where you are right now, do you think there's one role that maybe you're, you're better suited for than another? You know, that's a tough question because uh, there's a part of me knows that I can really succeed at both. There's a part of me that still knows that, you know, 2014 was only a couple years ago and that year that I had in, on the starting side of things, and I got super sick, and I know I could can bounce back to that if given the opportunity, but after getting a taste of closing and pitching in the back end last year and getting an understanding what that really entails, I, I also want to grasp, you know, gather that and grasp it and, and take it, you know, head on going forward. So I just want to be the best version of myself going forward. I think these first, you know, these first six weeks is a big testament to see where I'm at, body and, and mind and, and arm. But I think I, I can do both roles. So I just want to do, like I said, do what's best for the team. But uh, once I know exactly definitive, definitive what my role is, I'll, I'll embrace it and go with it. How does having success as a starter and having success as a closer, how do the two help? How do different experiences, different roles, and succeeding at the highest level in multiple roles help you as a well-rounded pitcher? Well, I've just put myself in so many different scenarios, and I can succeed in so many different scenarios. You know, uh, the, the one time I heard a long time ago from Roy Oswald said, hey, there's going to be one time when you're in the big leagues and you're going to have bases loaded and nobody out, and you're going to get out of it. 
and I remember I pulled that off, I think, in like 2011 against Pittsburgh, and I came in in the dugout, and I said, yeah, I put myself truly my back against the wall, and I got out of the absolute toughest situation in the game, and that being said, you have to have that you know, refresher when you're out there in a closing situation or a starting situation when your back's against the wall to know that you're you know, one pitch away from getting out of some crazy situation, but the fact that I pitch in so many scenarios really helps me build confidence in knowing that I can get outs whenever I need it. You've been a part of some great organizations, pitched with some great staffs. Who are some of the guys that have made the biggest impact on you, not just as a pitcher, but as a person, bud? Oh, I, I mean, I definitely have to say Roy Oswald. You know, he really was a very quiet guy from uh, Mississippi, and here I am, a more outlandish uh, speaker from uh, San Francisco, Northern California. And he really didn't say much to me for my first couple of months in the big leagues. And I remember one day specifically after a start in Milwaukee, he came up to me during batting practice, and I was kind of like scared. He's sitting on my heels, like, what is he, what's he going to say to me right now? And he basically asked me, you know, why did I throw a 2-2 fastball to the 8-hole last night and, and give up a double that scored two runs? And I, I said, I don't know. He goes, well, you should have thrown a slider and should have thrown another slider because you had the pitcher on deck. So then he really kind of opened up and taught me some things, and we had an opportunity to, you know, to build on that communication line. So I, I had him for just over a year, which was outstanding, and I learned as much as I could from him. But uh, you take tidbits from everywhere you go. You know, I have played with some crazy organizations and been around the game a little bit now, and you, you watch guys, you, you see what they do, you know, on their weekly routine and their daily routine routine and guys like Kershaw, stuff like that I got to see in L.A. and stuff like that. So I've learned a lot, picked up on a lot of the way, and I'm just trying to put it into my arsenal to help better me. How would you characterize, having been here a week now, the group of guys that you've got in that clubhouse as well? A lot of young guys, and it seems like, you know, in camp the last couple of years, it's a pretty crowded clubhouse until, you know, mid-March when guys start to go back to minor league camps, but some of the young guys that are able to soak up some of those experiences, I know it makes a big impact on them. Oh, absolutely. I, I think this is an opportunity for everybody to get, to get a taste of where everybody's from, you know, walks of life, and, and how we can help each other. That will trans, transpire to the field, but this is an opportunity just to kind of learn and, and, and ask questions, and, and I'm still asking questions because I got guys like Wainwright in there, and, and I'm not afraid to go ask guys like Weaver a question. Or, you know, younger guys still have a good idea about pitching, and I think that's the craft that we're always trying to figure out, and there's no exact science to that. So, But it, so far in this clubhouse, it's a, a you know, good clubhouse. Everybody's kind of pulling for each other. They want to put their own best foot forward, but they want to help the guy next to them, and I think that's what Cardinals baseball is all about. And uh, they're a competitive group. I think I can see it today just watching some of these live BPs. These guys are out there, and you can see it in their face. You can see about how they carry themselves through their work period, and uh, it really should uh, transpire to the length of the season. What are your impressions been of uh, Mike Matheny and his staff, especially working now with Mike Maddox? Oh, they've been so professional. I think, uh, you know, they've all been around the game for a long time, and they, they know a thing or two, and they're just really trying to same thing, put their knowledge on us. And they're open to anything that any insight we might have on a bump play or a pickoff or anything like that, they're open to it. But they got a great grasp of what it all entails and, and uh, you know, run us station to station, but we're doing professionally and getting it done and getting out of here. All right, give us an idea of when you do get out of here. What kind of stuff are you into away from the ballpark, and uh, how are you spending your time when you're when you're not here working? Well, first and foremost, is about taking care of your body. So that this is definitely the time to get some naps in, and you know I enjoy the uh, taking my dogs for a walk and just kind of enjoying the afternoon by the pool. But I'm an avid golfer, so spring training these first couple of weeks, you can get out there and play some golf. As long as the wind turns off, unfortunately today it's a little breezy out here, but. Uh, you know, I try to take care of my body. This is a time to really, same thing, stay strict on your diet, stay strict on your body, and, and doing the best things, getting some good sleep, and just preparing yourself for the 162. You, How is the golf game right now? Are you going to make it out to PGA National to catch any of the Honda, you think? I would like to. Uh, depending on the schedule, I don't know when I'm slated to pitch yet, but I'm sure I can get out there for a day. I'm going to try to find some tickets, but... Uh, 
Golf game's always intact, you know. I, the handicap's always fluctuating, but. Where are you at? Where are you at? I'm about a two to a four. Cool. So I like to go out there and compete. You, you might be in the running now for uh, best stick in the clubhouse. I mean, we'll have, Wainwright would probably want something to say with that. Seth Manus was pretty good a couple of years ago, but that's pretty strong, man. I'm, I'm willing to play for it. I'll, uh, I'll give him a game for it. Um, and I know that recently you've you've relocated, so you're down in the Austin, Texas area. What has that been like? What an what an awesome place to, to settle down and to live. Oh, yeah, absolutely. I, I couldn't be more excited. Uh, after my days in Houston, I stayed in Texas and bought a house up in Austin and remodeled it, which was a great purchase. But I got to move home in October and unpack my suitcase after four or five years living out of a suitcase, which made it tough. But so comfortable, so happy. Love the culture, love the quality of life, and I'm really excited to start enjoying the lake uh, next off season. You know, we got some pretty good barbecue in St. Louis as well, so we'll have to hit up some of those spots. We'll have to get you some of those. Can't wait. Let's go. Well, Bud, congratulations uh, again. Here's to a great start of the spring, and uh, look forward to seeing you over the next month or so. Thanks so much. Thanks, Chris. Missing baseball season? Cardinals Nation in Ballpark Village is open seven days a week. Stop by for a bite to eat or relive some of the Cardinals' greatest moments by going through the Cardinals Museum. For more information, visit cardinalsnation.com. We'll be joined by Jason Mott next. I'm Tom Ackerman, Cardinals Countdown to Opening Day, presented by Ameren on the Cardinals Radio Network. Well, a familiar face is back in spring training, and he is Jason Mott, and it's good to see you. You know, we cross paths in different uniforms, but what's it like to be back and put that Cardinal uniform on? Uh, you know, it's, uh, it's 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 awesome. You know, it's like it's like being back home. Uh, you know, all the you know, I was here for you know a couple of years. Uh, you know, and then uh, you know went went to a couple other places. Uh, you know, Chicago, the Rockies, and then with the Braves. Uh, you know, every time I. I came back St. Louis playing them, or they came to us. Like it was always like seeing old friends. So uh, you know, to be able to put this uniform back on, you know, it's a, uh, it's, it's honestly, it's a, it's a blessing. It's honest. It's, it's, it's awesome to be able to, uh, like, to put the uniform back on that, uh, that where everything started, and uh, you know, it's a, it's a good feeling. How many times do you remember the last time you were on the field, being on the field, winning your last game? In that World Series, uh, a couple times. I, I've I've had some people bring it up a couple times. Uh, you know, it, it was it was a uh, you know I've had people ask like, hey, what what was that like? I was like, it was it's pretty decent. You know, if if you're into if you're into winning things and uh, you know stuff like that. But uh, you know, from a you know from a baseball standpoint, you know that's 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 why we're all here. That's why you know we're everyone in that in that clubhouse uh, from the front office to the players to everyone. We're, we're here to we're here to win, uh, and that's. That's what it's about. So to be able to be out there and to, to, to be able to to win a World Series was uh, was was pretty awesome. I remember you when you, when you first got here. This catcher that they converted. I, I sat right here and talked to your dad about that. He was down watching you. So many things have happened. Moving from catching to pitching, being a closer, a, a bona fide closer in the game. Tommy John, the whole thing. Uh, do you have a chance to reflect on so much that's taking place in your life, baseball wise? Uh, you know, I, I, I thought about a lot of it this off season when I was just sitting at home with with, uh, with no job. I was like, hmm, man, this is. But uh, you, you know, it's uh, it, it's it's crazy. You know, I've uh, you know, I went from uh, you know, I went to high school in in, in Florida. Uh, you know, I, I was telling my wife and some other people, I was like, you know, I, I got I wasn't good enough to make my freshman team. Moved to New York. You know, uh, went up there uh, my sophomore year of, of high school. My dad got a job up there. Uh, you know, when I was looking for colleges, some colleges were like, hey, you know, you're not really, you know, what we're looking for, you know, go to college, get drafted. You know, I was the fourth catcher taken by St. Louis in 2003. Good grief, that was a couple of years ago. Uh, but, uh, you know, I, I was the fourth catcher taken. 
uh, and then to go from you know hitting a buck 80 to, to pitching uh, and you know and really only having one pitch and once again being told like hey you can't do that you, you can't you can't do that you know to you know uh, to, to, to be in St. Louis for the first go round for the six plus years in the big leagues and you know everything from from closing a World Series out to you know, just like I said, have an opportunity to, to, to play for, for St. Louis and a couple other teams. And then, you know, just being back here, uh, you know, it's, it's, it's definitely been a been a crazy journey. You know, it's definitely something that, uh, like I said, when I was hitting a buck 80 in, in Palm Beach, uh, you know, it definitely wasn't probably what I thought. I didn't think I'd have, you know, a little over nine years in the big leagues as a pitcher. Uh, but, uh, you know, it, it, it all works out like it should. Uh, it all happens, you know, for a reason. So, like I said, even even me being here, you know, back in this uniform, you know, it, it feels good. But, like I said, it all, it all happens the way it should. All right. Over nine years in the big leagues, things have changed a little bit. You had the Tommy John. Uh, what else are you throwing these days? Because there are a lot of Cardinal fans that haven't had a chance to watch you pitch. Yeah, I'm, same thing. I throw fastball cutter. Uh, throw my two-seamer a little bit. But, uh, you know, it's... You know, I've had people ask, like, hey, you know, if you're not throwing 100 anymore, what, what are you what are you doing? Uh, and, you know, it was the same thing I, that you have to do if you are throwing 100. Uh, you have to be able to, to locate your pitches. You have to be able to keep guys off balance, uh, even if it's uh, keeping guys off balance by going in and up and then down and away. You know, that, that, that that's two different places they're going to have to hit a ball. And that, that, that's stuff that I learned early on with guys like Dave Duncan and Marty Mason uh, in, in this bullpen uh, back in 08, 09. Uh, you know, so I, I, I had to locate then, because uh, like I said, you, and I, I found out also you, you throw 100 down the middle enough, those boys, those boys are going to hit it, you know, and then they'll, they'll turn around quick. And, you know, we, we didn't talk much about exit velocity then, but some of those fly came off pretty hot, uh, you know. So, uh, you know, it, it's, it's about execution. It's about going out there and making your pitch. Um, like I said, keeping guys off balance, uh, whether it's, you know, disrupting their timing, disrupting, you know, where they're trying to hit it up, down, in, out. Uh, so, like I said, I kind of kind of do a lot of the similar stuff, but like I said, it's it's like I said, it's right back to execution and, and, and doing doing what you can to get the guys out. Since you left St. Louis, Chicago, Colorado, Atlanta, uh, what did you learn in those places? Because when you go to a different organization, you'll see how they may do things differently. Maybe they teach it differently. Uh, what did you come away with on with that soldier of going to those three teams? Uh, you know. Um, I kind of, I kind of took away, I, I took away a lot from from all of them, uh, you know. And there was, there was, you know, awesome things about about everywhere I went. You know, I was in Chicago, um, even when I played here before. You know, like everyone asked, what was my favorite city to go to? And I, I always like going to Chicago because you know you play day games, you act like a act like a real person, and I you can go you can go hang out with your wife and have dinner and you know stuff like that. Denver is awesome. You know, I think Denver kind of taught me a lot about. You know, pitching and what I needed to do differently. Uh, you know, pitching on the moons a little bit differently than pitching, <laughs> pitching in some other spots. But, but you know, it, it still comes down to execution. Uh, you know, uh, but uh, you know, and 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 you know, I got released by Denver last year and went to Atlanta. And you know, it was a great, great organization there. A great situation for me to come in there and, uh, like I said, they, they had a kind of a young bullpen. So going in there, like I said, talking to some of the younger guys. But uh, you know, I. I I don't know if I could pinpoint one or two things I learned, but, but like I said, you kind of you kind of take a little bit from each each place of uh, you know some goods. Okay, hey, I like doing that. Okay, I'm not I don't like doing that so much. Okay, hey, let's do this. So like uh, I said, I think overall I think it's made me a better a better person, a better a better pitcher. Um, so like I said, to, to be able to go to those places, uh, it was good. And like I said, being, being back here is, uh, is 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 pretty awesome. As I look back on your career here, who took care of you when you first broke in? Who showed you how to be a pro? Uh, you know, guys like Jason Nisringhausen, uh, 
Russ Springer. Uh, you know, uh, I hear Springer's name mentioned all the time. Man, he was he was unbelievable. I mean, I my my first big league spring training uh, as a pitcher, uh, Russ Springer kind of kind of brought me aside. He's like. He's like, what do you throw? I was like, uh, the fastball. <laughs> he's like, he's like, he's like, he's like, I thought so. He's like, you know what? He's like, grab the ball like this. This is a cutter grip. Grab it and throw it. And I was like, okay. I'm like, what do I do? He goes, just throw it. And I was like, okay. Uh, and like I said, even even in doing that, it took me, it took me a little bit to figure out what he meant by okay, just throw it. Because like I said, I, I mean, I, I never pitched before, so trying to make the ball move instead of letting it move and let it do what it's going to do uh like i said it did take some time um but but even with that um like i said guys like him guys like uh, ryan franklin uh when when he was over here you know the, the, those early years when i was here uh you know th- those guys helped me a ton uh just from a uh from a player standpoint of w- what to do how to go about my business what to do out there on the mound and like i said i guys like dave duncan and tony Larusa and marty mason from a coaching standpoint that were out there uh like I said, you know, working with me, talking with me, maybe not talking to me that much because hey, maybe that's what I needed at that point. Just like hey, let's let's just, hey let, let's let's take a step back. Okay, now now let's go talk to him. You know, not, not just talking to, to to hear themselves speak. You know, to to a, to a degree. Uh, like that, I had so many people along the way to help me uh, to get me where where I was then, and and especially where I am now. Uh, like I said, so many coaches, players, and like, like I said, I think. Uh, you know, I, I think back to my years here of, of, of Dave Ricketts and George Kissel. Uh, you know, the, the, those guys and, and Kiss would always say, you know, you you, you, you always want to be a sponge. You didn't want to be a rock. You know, you know, you, you, you wanted to absorb all the all the knowledge that 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 you could take in. And then, like I said, it may be something that that you take in, and you know what, it doesn't work for you. So okay, you know what, you learn you learn something, and okay, this doesn't work for me. So then you may learn something else of what will work for you. So like I said, you know, guys like that. Um, Really, really were big influences on me. So, uh, you know, there's a lot of them. <laughs> all right, before we get out of here, you, you have remained a staple of what the St. Louis community is all about with fundraising. The Cornhole Tournament has, has taken a life of its own. And even though you've been gone for three years, it's still a big event in St. Louis, and it's coming up in April. Uh, yeah, it's coming up April 23rd uh, in Anheuser-Busch. Uh, you know, it'll be our fifth uh, annual uh, Cornhole event there in St. Louis. And what's crazy is I've... I was with the team in 2014 when we did our first one, and uh, you know I was on the Cubs for one year, was with the Rockies another year, was with the Braves last year, and uh, you know every year, you know Cardinal Nation, Cardinal Nation always you know showed amazing support for me when I was on the field, uh, you know, and uh, even when I'd come back on other teams, like they'd always you know be happy to see me and stuff like that. But like I said, from an off the field standpoint, they, they were always so supportive of uh, of me and my wife's. Uh, you know, chances to get out there and, and help others who are fighting fighting cancer. Uh, and, and you know, for for us, that's 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 what it's all about. Like I said, being able to help help others who are going through a tough time the way that others helped my wife's grandfather when he was diagnosed. Uh, so like I said, Cardinal Nation has, has has been there from from the get go. You know, from when we first started our K Cancer shirts in 2013. What a hot item that turned out to be. You know, you know, and, and it, it was like you said. I, I I remember wearing a couple of them around the field. Yeah. And doing interviews, doing whatever, and you know, fans be like, "Hey, that's awesome! Where can I get that shirt?" Uh, and then, you know, from having the shirts made to doing, you know, having them now on 30 teams for the past four or five years, uh, 
you know, like I said, Cardinal Nation has always came out and supported us. And, and like I said, without them, I don't think we, we could have been able to do a lot of stuff we do uh, with our foundation. We've been able to help fund some stuff at uh, – um, Children's Hospital or at uh, Cardinal Glennon. Uh, we've been able to do stuff at different places all around uh, the St. Louis area. Uh, I think we've able. I think we raised over close to a million dollars just in the cornhole event there in St. Louis uh, over the past four years. Uh, and like I said, a lot of that stays in the St. Louis area because of of Cardinal Nation coming out and supporting us the uh, the way they do. So like I said, it's you know it's been you know that that that's been not shocking uh, to me because. You know, I mean, after playing here, seeing seeing the the, the fan base and the way they are, uh, the way they come out, the way they support their players, uh, and like I said, it's you know, with, with cancer being a cause that you know affects a lot of people, uh, you know, they've they've you know, Cardinal Nation have come out and like I said, support us, and it's that that that's been for us pretty cool to see. Uh, so it's it's been it's been awesome, and I can't I can't thank them enough. Well, it's great to have you back in St. Louis for a couple of reasons. One, you can help the ball club, and two. Your community involvement, uh, people can't appreciate enough what you've been able to do. Good to have you back. Thank you. Happy to be back. The Cardinals Kids Club, presented by Rawlings Sporting Goods, is the exclusive fan club for Cardinals fans age 13 and under. Tremendous membership benefits include two tickets to a 2018 Cardinals home game, an invite to a members-only autograph party at Bush Stadium, and much more. For more information, visit cardinals.com slash Kids Club. We'll be back in a moment to Cardinals Countdown to Opening Day, presented by Ameren on the Cardinals Radio Network. I have a chance to visit with Dr. Robert Butler. He is Director of Performance for the St. Louis Cardinals. And let's talk a little bit about player development. And, and I know that that starts at the beginning as far as getting guys on board early, and it just doesn't include here at Roger Dean Stadium. No, I think that's correct, and I think that's one of the, the another area where I'm just very fortunate to land in the right place with, with people so experienced as um, you know Gary LaRock on that side, and just learning from the people that have been here and and the different coordinators that are here, and that they've just been very open to, to to just being as transparent as we are about how we get these players better. And you know, there's never that agenda of what's got to get done. It's just how do we collaboratively maximize what we're doing with the players and, and just all have a good picture of, of, of what's going on to do that. Um, and, and not dissimilar from that, I think, um, you know, Moises Rodriguez designed his, his previous role with director of international ops. It was just, you know, with it being such a different environment, you know, you're not, you're not training 18 year olds there. They're training 16, 17, 18 year olds. So you've, you got to have a different plan. Got to have a different focus. And with that said though, I'm going to go back to Gary LaRock and some of the other guys that you've worked with. Getting them on board, I mean, because this is a new aspect of a professional sports performance. And, you know, some guys that are used to doing it the old way, if there was one, uh, it's important for you to obviously be able to sell them on this concept, whereas it's beneficial for everybody involved. How much of a challenge can that be? Well, I think it's as, I mean, I think, you know, the only thing that's been asked is why. And it goes back to what's that why statement behind what we're doing. And that's helped our staff and myself figure out what, what's the reason behind what we're trying to accomplish mm-hmm. and what's the timing of it and what's the season, what's the scope of things. And, you know, you know, no one's got a better feel of what the scope of a, of a, of a minor league season is than Gary with, with his experience as a player, coach, scouting, all of it. And so it, the granularity of it and the realistic aspects of what happens on a daily basis, it's just an honest discussion of like, okay, what can we do? When can we do it? What's the reason behind it? And what's the why statement? And once you get to those why statements, the answers, they, they, they just come out from where they need to. and it, Or it becomes very clear of like, okay, 
how do we prioritize our various why statements on, on what happens? And because um, you know, I'll be fully, I mean, full transparency from our standpoint, it's not always about more physical development with these guys. You know, some guys just need more. Like, how do we how do we control what they're doing from a um, from the, the holistic baseball side that maybe they're not getting enough. Maybe they're a they need to move one way or the other from that standpoint. And so it's really a collaborative effort to figure out how do we how do we provide as much as we can to maximize each player's development. You know, on the international side, um, this is something that a lot of teams have obviously gotten into. But the performance, how much of a different approach do you have from a performance standpoint for the international player who who comes from a different background from a cultural standpoint and certainly an educational standpoint? Well, I think that that's where I've, I've, I've leveraged quite a bit of, of Moises and Al, um, Luis Morales' experience and even, you know, all, all the staff we have down there, which is just they just want what's best. It's Frey, Billy, um, Matos, whoever. And um, it's been a learning experience of like, okay, like that's a different person. Right? You can't deal with a skeletally mature individual who's 15, 16, you know, whatever it may be, train those individuals. You got to think about the plan differently. And so it's really come back down to how do we scale back where we want guys to show up with what's their team? What are our standards for development? It's, it's, it's kind of like our own version of what the presiden- presidential physical fitness test kind of used to look like, but but with a little more structure to it. You don't look that old to remember that. <laughs> hey, I, I couldn't touch my toes for a lick, so I, I remember it. I remember it. I, I had some room for improvement. Don't get me wrong. So, um, but it's uh, you know I think it gets back down to what's the structure in that regard. Where are they from a um, from a timing of development standpoint, and then what do you focus on during that period? Um, and certainly understanding that. It's less controlled of a background for which they come into the system. And so learning about that, establishing some foundation, and then going forward from that so that when they come here to the GCL or they come over here, that it's just a pl- not a plug-and-play, but, but the next level of what was happening and a continuation of what was happening of the process that started at the academy. That's Cardinals Director of Performance, Dr. Robert Butler. Our thanks to Mike Claiborne for that interview. I'm Tom Ackerman. Cardinals tickets are on sale now and start at just $5. The 2018 season is full of great matchups and cool giveaways, including six jerseys, six bobbleheads, two rings, and much more. Get your 2018 tickets today at cardinals.com. When we come back, an outstanding ticket giveaway you will not want to miss. That is on the way on the Cardinals Countdown to Opening Day show presented by Amron on the Cardinals Radio Network. I'm Tom Ackerman wrapping up this hour of the show. In case you missed anything, don't worry. We have it for you and have a full hour coming up next with a lot of great guests we'll tell you about in just a moment. But in case you missed it, a couple members of the Cardinals bullpen this past hour, including Bud Norris, who's very excited to finally be a Cardinal. You know, when the Cardinals got in the mix, you know, Late in February, I got really excited. You know, this has definitely been, you know, a wish list on, on my destination sheet, and uh, I got super excited. I got some goosebumps on my neck when both said, you know, they wanted to stretch me out and, and possibly do some things in the bullpen. But uh, there's definitely been something in my heart that says I wanted to end up in St. Louis, and I'm extremely excited to be here. Chris Raby visited with Bud, and Jason Mott is back with the Cardinals. Mike Claiborne talked to him. Cardinal Nation always, you know, showed amazing support for me when I was on the field. Uh, you know, and uh, even when I'd come back on other teams, like, they'd always, you know, be happy to see me and stuff like that. But like I said, from an off-the-field standpoint, they, they were always so supportive of, uh, of me and my wife's, uh, you know, chances to get out there and, and help others who are fighting fighting cancer. Uh, and, and, you know, for, for us, that's, that's, that's what it's all about. 0-1 delivery. Here she comes. 
Swinging a high drive into left. Back goes the Craig. He's at the track. He has it. And the Cup is a world champion for 2011. They came from nowhere to astound the baseball world. They win this one 6-2, and they're world champions for 2011. And they mob one another on the infield. Jason Mott was in the middle of that pile as the Cardinals won the world championship on his watch, and they'll be going for another one as he makes his way here in spring training. We'll make our way to hour number two of Cardinals Countdown opening day with some really good guests. Another member of the bullpen, Sam Tuivalala, will be along with us as Sam tries to make this team that hard-throwing right-hander, certainly working on his stuff. Megan Eberhardt from the Cardinals office will talk about the upcoming promotions and giveaways. April is right around the corner and Cardinals home opener on April 5th already with a good giveaway and then it just continues from there. The Cardinals ace Carlos Martinez is with us on the show tonight and the Cardinals Hall of Fame ballot ready to be introduced as we get ready to see if the fans can put a couple of great ones in there. It's going to be hard to choose from the selections there. Vince Coleman is on the ballot and also is our guest tonight on Cardinals Countdown to Opening Day, one of the great base dealers in not only Cardinals history, but baseball history. And we'll give you an opportunity to win some tickets. In fact, we'll do it right now. Seven ticket vouchers for any single session of the 2018 Missouri Valley Conference Men's Basketball Tournament, March 1st through the 4th. For more information on the Missouri Valley Conference games, visit archmadness.com. How about we give... Some tickets away right now. A packet of seven ticket vouchers to caller number five at 314-531-1120. Again, that's 314-531-1120. Caller number five wins seven ticket vouchers for any single session of the Missouri Valley Conference men's basketball tournament taking place at Scott Trade Center in downtown St. Louis. I'm Tom Ackerman. Much more on the way next hour on Cardinals Countdown to Opening Day, presented by Ameren on the Cardinals Radio Network. A swing and a high fly ball. Deep right field. It's a slam. This is the Cardinals Countdown to Opening Day Show, presented by Amron. How about the old Uncle Charlie here on the pitch? Swing and a miss through the fastball right by him, and he strikes him out for the third time. And that's eight Ks for the Cardinal Hurricane. Now, Mike Claiborne and Chris Raby with the Cardinals Countdown to Opening Day Show, presented by Amron on the Cardinals Radio Network. We are back for a second hour of the program. Had a good time in the first hour hearing some of our interviews, including members of the Cardinals' bullpen, Bud Norris and Jason Mott, a third member of the bullpen on this show with Mike Claiborne, and that's Sam Tuivalala. You know, it's been fun to watch you emerge and watch you grow from the backfields, but I don't know if people know the real story that you weren't a pitcher when you first put that uniform on. Yeah, uh, drafted as a, uh, well, listed as an outfitter when I first got drafted, but uh, played shortstop third base and a uh, little bit of outfitter in the first two years in the GCL. And then, uh, yeah, 2012 was when we made the transition. You were such a good hitter, too, I'm sure, right? That's why they decided to move you to a pitcher? Yeah, you know, it just took me a little bit more time to adjust to the wood bats coming out of high school. It was a different, uh, different type of game. Um, but I was just, you know, blessed enough to have a strong arm. And we've seen guys do that. Jason Mott was a guy who was a catcher when he first came into the organization. He's had a pretty good career. But for you, watching you grow at this stage of your career, what do you feel like you've improved on most? Um, I think, you know, really uh, 
not thinking of myself as a uh, as a thrower when I go out there now. When I take the mound, uh, I'm I learn how to pitch, um, trusting all my uh, all my pitches, and I'm just you know soaking up so much uh, so much learning experience from the older guys, Wayne Oyadi. All those guys really do uh, really do help me out, and uh, everything's coming together. You know, Yachty's one of your biggest supporters, and one of the things that I've noticed is your confidence and, and your body language on the mound. It seems like, as you just mentioned, you're a pitcher now compared to a thrower. When do you think that transition started to take place for you? Um, I think last year was a big uh, a big curve for me. Um, you know, developing the two pitches, the sinker and the uh, the slider, really helped me out, and I just gained more confidence every time I went out there and I competed. Um, I trust in all my stuff. You know, I always used to be, a, you know, that guy, you know, when you're facing, you know, like a stand, you know, the big names, you know, you really get shocked. But now it's uh, it's a little bit different now. I'm looking forward to attacking all the guys and whoever comes up there, I'm ready to compete. And for you, that's a great point you make because now you know you can get these guys out at the big league level. A lot of guys coming to this game, especially in the spring, and they're a little lost struck at first. Yeah, no, exactly. You know, it's a, it's a, it's a new uh, – it's a new image for a lot of people, but now uh, I kind of got over that little hump of, you know, taking all the all the woos and the wahs over here, and now it's just all about business. For you, this is an important spring. You're a guy that they've seen a lot of, and obviously there's a role for you in the bullpen. What do you try and work on now in the spring compared to, let's say, two or three years ago? You talked about making yourself a pitcher. What do you try and do now to make yourself better? Um, You know, just got to be consistent. You got you to gotta attack the day, you know, just – don't really be complacent around here um and i gotta make sure you know i limit my walks i can't give out any free bases i gotta attack the guys like i said um and just be confident out there you know i gotta trust my stuff i know i have good stuff be able to get any guys out in the league you know you got a new pitching coach you weren't a Derek Lilliquist um your entire big league career what message does he try and convey compared to what you learned from Derek Lilliquist um you know mike he's 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 a he's a great guy. He uh, I'm learning a lot from him, you know type of personality he's come from. Uh, the biggest thing that he kind of put on us is uh, to be convicted whatever we throw in. You know you can't really second guess yourself in this game because it'll, it'll turn around you know hit you in the face really fast. Um, so just be really convicted in what we have. You know we can't we can't try and be someone else that we're not. Um, we're here for a reason. We all got you know all strengths in different categories. So we got to be ourselves and just compete. That's an interesting point, being convicted. Uh, man, how many times were you on the mound early in your career where you weren't sure you should throw a pitch and the next thing you knew you were using a new baseball? Uh, definitely. There's there's definitely a lot of times where, you know, it's kind of you get up there, you have a sense of what you want to do, and, you know, if the catcher puts down something else, you, okay, let's go with it. But then, you know, you're not you're not sold onto that pitch, and next thing you know, it's a single, homer, doesn't really matter. Um, but now, you know, I got to that point where, I don't really care what signs down there. I'm I'm convicted in all my pitches. I don't care what count or who's who's up there. I know uh, whatever Yachty puts down. I know that's the right sign. So it's attack to attack mode after that. It's so great to trust a guy who really raves about you. Yachty's always believed in you. Uh, but when you're not sure, that's more of a situation that maybe you went on in the scouting report. What do you do? Step off, go through the signs again where you'd like to throw something else. Yeah, um, you know I definitely have a sense of you know what guys like. Do a lot of video. A lot of the, you know, technology we have in nowadays, the hot zone, the cold zone, all that stuff. Um, and even just, like I said, you know, going back to pitching with Yachty, I'm trying to learn how he calls the game and why he's calling those pitches. Just so, you know, when obviously there's going to be a situation where I'm, maybe I'm not throwing to Yachty. Um, but now i got a sense of how to pitch guys, you know, how to use my stuff. 
Um, so, like I said, every day is a learning day for me, and uh, I'm, I'm pretty happy on how things are going. You certainly made some significant improvements. So, at this stage, you ever talk to Mike about saying, hey, if you need an extra pinch hitter, you know, I still can. Or you may not even have bats with your name on them yet. <laughs> yeah, you know, uh, definitely got the athleticism still, uh, but we always joke around to see, you know, who's the go-to guy if we if we need an extra outfielder or a pinch hitter, you know, uh, but it, it's all fun and games. But you could do that if, if you came, if it was a pinch, let's say it's a long, long game, and you maybe a pitched the night before, and they need a guy to come out in the outfield for, for an inning or so, you could still do that. Oh, yeah, you know, we still have fun shagging out here. Uh, we take our shagging very seriously, so... Uh, it's all good, but yeah, I definitely could uh, play out there still. Well, let's hope it doesn't come down to that. Let's hope you get a lot of uh, pitches where they are good ones, where they don't leave the park. I'm confident, and I'm looking forward to you having fun this year. Definitely. I can't wait for it. Thank you, sir. Thank you, Mike. Mike Claiborne with Sam Tui Valala. Cardinals tickets are on sale now and start at just $5. The 2018 season full of great matchups and cool giveaways, too, including six jerseys, six bobbleheads, two rings, and much more. Get your 2018 tickets today at cardinals.com. I'm Tom Ackerman. When we return, we'll tell you about some of the great giveaways and promotions in April as the Cardinals season is right around the corner. This is Cardinals Countdown to Opening Day, presented by Ameren on the Cardinals Radio Network. Welcome back to the show. Megan Eberhardt is with us from the Cardinals to talk about giveaways. Let's get right to it. April 5th, a home opener, the magnetic schedule, always popular, Megan. Right. People have been collecting these for years, and the purpose is to plan your next trip to the ballpark throughout the season. Sponsored by Budweiser, so all fans ages 21 and older will pick up their very own 2018 Magnet schedule. For Saturday, April 7th against the Diamondbacks, that day game at 115, the Mystery Hall of Fame opening day car parade bobblehead from Ford. Tell us about that. Yeah, so people love the excitement and the atmosphere around opening day, so we decided to extend it to game number two of the season with um, that Saturday. So it's a mystery bobblehead, so you don't know which our three Hall of Famers you will receive until you come through the gates. Um, but they are each riding in a Ford car. That's cool. 30,000 fans age 16 and older will be surprised at the gates. That's Saturday, April 7th, when the Cardinals take on the Diamondbacks at 115. And then the following game is a 115 game on Sunday against the D-backs. And I like this from Maryville University, another great sponsor, lightweight quarter-zip performance pullover. It's a lot of words just to tell you it's really cool. <laughs> so it's long sleeve, it's red, it features the Cardinal logo on the chest. Like, I, like you mentioned, it is quarter-zip. It's definitely an item that fans are going to bring back to the ballpark all season long. That's cool. 30,000 fans, again, age 16 and older, will leave the ballpark with one of those. The kids, though, benefit 15 and under, get on Sunday the kids' ticket voucher from Ritz, and you're going to do this a couple of times in the month of April, Megan. What's that all about? Yeah, so kids coming through, we'd love to have them back at the ballpark in 2018 so they will receive a free voucher to come back and see us, and we do it three times throughout the year. Love it. In addition to the quarter zip, if you attend on Friday, April 20th against the Reds, 30,000 fans, 16 and older, will get the Navy Mesh Pullover jersey from AT&T. Yeah, so this is Navy. It features the 80s logo on the chest. It's actually embroidered on the chest, so um, it's a great jersey that fans will definitely wear many times. Dexter Fowler has a bobblehead, and that one's sponsored by AAA Insurance, Saturday, April 21st against the Reds, a 115 start, and Dexter gets a bobblehead, his first ever giveaway at a, in a stadium at all in Major League Baseball. Yeah, isn't that so exciting? 
He was thrilled when we told him, and he actually helped us select the pose. The following game, Sunday, April 22nd, Yachty. The Kids <laughs> Players Weekend Jersey, sponsored by Powerade and Shop and Save. Tell us about that one. Yes, yeah, so this is a replica of the jersey that they wore last season during Players Weekend. It's unique, and um, they're definitely going to do it again in 2018, but we figured we would give the kids Yachty's version. Players Weekend Jersey. And then also Sunday, 16 and older. 30,000 fans get a tote bag from MLB Network. Yeah, so everyone's going home with something on <laughs> Sunday, April 22nd. But yes, that MLB Network tote bag kind of resembles the Players Weekend jersey as well. The April T-shirt of the month wraps up your April giveaways Tuesday, April 24th against the Mets, Megan. Oh, Tom, I'm so excited for the T-shirt of the month program. So, yeah, like you said, April 24th is our first one, and the fans are actually going to have the ability to select the design in advance through our social media channels and our website. Um, so it's going to be topical what the team is um, doing. And for the first one, we have a guest artist. Ooh. So that's going to be really exciting to debut. Yeah, stay tuned for more information on that. Megan, we appreciate it. Thanks for everything. Thank you. See you guys at the ballpark. Follow the Cardinals in style this coming season with a subscription to Cardinals Magazine. Sign up today and receive two free tickets, all for just $35. Order now at 314-345-9000 or cardinals.com slash magazine. When we come back, Carlos Martinez on Cardinals Countdown to Opening Day, presented by Ameren on the Cardinals Radio Network. Carlos Martinez is our guest, and Carlos, here we are, another spring training, and You've been in enough of these now where you kind of know what takes place and how to prepare yourself, but you're also doing it as you get older. What changes do you make at this time in your career? Yeah, man, uh, it's just a new year for me and a new experience, man. Uh, last year was a good experience because uh, I was uh, that was my, my first uh, uh, opening day start, you know. And uh, this year, I just I just take more focus, uh, and and I'm gonna be like more focused on the mound, and and don't care about uh, what ha- what happened um, during the game on the, on the field, you know. Uh, this is my goal, uh, and and uh, and I go I just put in the game. You talk about focus. You're trying to um, zero in, maybe concentrate more. What what are some of the things you try and do? to make sure you stay focused on the mound because there's a lot of things that go on between pitches. Yeah, man, uh, um, I don't care. Um, I, just, I just don't care about uh, any happen um, during during the game, you know. I just want to be, like, like be focused and, 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 and forget about it, like, like something else, something something wrong, you know. And, uh, and if the 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 um, if I if I stay in the seven innings zero for zero, you know, I just I just gonna help myself and gonna help the team too. And uh, I just I just try I, I just gonna try uh, to to help the team a lot. What are you trying to work on at this point in spring training? Because some guys just want to get loose, some guys want to get themselves in shape. But you know, you've been working out since the end of last season, so. What do you try and do in the first couple of starts? Um, just try to 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 um, uh, bring my, com- my my command and uh, um, you know my 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 fastball to, to um, down the knee, you know, uh, for a strike zone, and 
Um, discipline training, yo, I, I gonna work with, more with my change and slide tour, you know, and because uh, I need it for, for 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 the season and 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 I think I think I need it. I need it for I need work uh, with those pitches because uh, I, um, uh, that's that's on my secondary pitches. For you, are you one of those guys who wants to see good hitters from the other team, or are you just out there throwing just to see how things work for you? Say again. When you were out there, would you rather see good hitters from the other team, or are you just working on what you want to do? I just working what what, what I'm gonna do. You know, uh, I know I know the other teams they have good cool hitters, but but I got I got I got the ball. You know, uh, if I don't throw the ball, they don't they, they can hit. You know, and uh, I just put put a pressure on the on the on the on the hitters. And they know they know who I am. I know who who, who are the other guys. But I just say I got the ball, you know, uh, and and I am the man on the mound. So how much hitting have you been doing? Have you been over the cages yet? Yeah, yeah, <laughs> a lot. Yeah, every day, every day. But I've that's important for you because that can keep you in a ball game. And you saw this year, the the, the hits that you came up with were important. Yeah, man. I, every day after after the the uh, the workout. After practice, every day I go into to the to the cage uh, to make a some swing, you know, and, and put a machine to to uh, bond some 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 uh, bone a lot of balls, you know, and uh, I just try I just try to to keep going with with with, with my hit with my hitting, you know, because sometimes I don't know sometimes uh, uh, the thing gonna need me. And and might might gonna put me like like pinch here, you know. You never know, you know. But I just I just wanna work with that because I I, I wanna help the team a lot this year. You know, for you, you you talked about the fastball and you wanna work on your changeup, but you're relatively still new to pitching. Where you were a thrower, now you're working on different pitches. How many can you throw for strikes? How many what? How many pitches can you throw for strikes? You know, my, my slider, I, I can, I can, I can. It's, it's my best pitch right now. You know, mm-hmm. my slider. But I'm working. I keep working with that, and 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 with my changer too. But my two seamer, my two seamer is a, it's a beautiful pitch. It's a, it's a, it's a, the the only pitch uh, I can, I can, uh, uh, I can uh, take somebody out like quick. You know, and I just, I just keep going, uh, uh, working with my, my, with my pitches right now. But I, I have, I have like, like five different pitches, and and I and I, I can I I I think I I can I can uh, uh, pull and strike all, all the pitches. You know, for you, uh, when you're in your bullpen before a game, do you try and throw all five of them, or do you just feel like the game plan against the team you're facing? These are the pitches that are going to work best. Yeah, when I when I I got I just got two bullpen yet, and and. Those pooping, uh, I just throwing my 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 uh, two seamen. I working with my two seamen inside, you know. And and now I got another bullpen today, and I go. I wanna work uh, with my two seamen, change it to like mix, you know, because uh, I I wanna know how they how they come, you know, to to prepare for for the spring training. Hey, one other thing. Uh, There's a different outfield for you. You got some guys that can go catch the ball. That uh, you won't see a lot of balls going to the gap. What's it like to have that good defense behind you, where you know if you make a mistake and you can keep it in the ballpark, you're going to be okay. Say again. For you, when you have such a good defense in the outfield, mm-hmm. what's it like for you to know that you can get away with a mistake and know that these guys can cover you? 
Yeah, man. Uh, this year, yeah, this year I got um, the new guy Marcelo Suna on the outfield. Um, Tommy Fan and, and Desta Fan. I know they they are they are faster. You know they are, they they have they have a beautiful um, speed. You know, and uh, I I know I know last year we got um, a great outfield, but this year we got the, the best one. You know, I think I think uh, those three uh, those uh, three outfielders they gonna they they gonna have uh, the team a lot this year and and I think I think we got good defense this year. And, and also when you talk about the good defense, you know Osuna pretty well. Tell me a little bit about him and, and our listeners on what kind of guy we're going to have playing for us this year. Yeah, the first time when uh, when I they, when he come here like two days ago, I just tried to 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 talk with him about about the clubhouse moving, you know. And 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 he say, hey, I like I like this clubhouse. I like the Cardinals, man. I like I love the, the people here, the people that are humidity. And I feel like like my my second family, you know. I wanna help the team. And 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 he he's happy, man. He's he's a, he's a, I think he's very happy because he he he's a he's a dream. Was a uh, um, um, play with Yari, you know, and and me, and in uh, in last year when we were in, uh, in the All Star, we talking about, hey man, we need we need you and and, and this thing, and he said, hey, I won, I won, you just try. Yari said, I want I want to talk to I want to talk to more uh, about 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 you, and uh, bring you to the team. And he said, yeah, I want to be happy. I want I want to I want to go to to the, to the team, and you know what happened now. So he's happy, man. He he, I think he gonna he gonna be great for 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 the team. One final thing, uh, <clears throat> you know. You learning English on the fly, it's got to be a challenge for you. And I just want to tell you that with each year, you continue to improve to the point where you'll be having your own radio show in English here before too long. I think I think this year I'm going gonna, gonna to help myself in, 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 in English, you know, because uh, right now I think I got, I got more English than last year, man. I don't need more translation, and, and, and I just try to, 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 to speak a lot of English. Keep up the great work. All right. Thank you so much. He is doing a great job with it. That's Carlos Martinez with Mike Claiborne. Cardinals tickets are on sale now and start at just $5. The 2018 season is full of great matchups and cool giveaways, including six jerseys, six bobbleheads, two rings, and much more. Get your 2018 tickets today at cardinals.com. I'm Tom Ackerman. When we come back, Vince Coleman is on the Cardinals Hall of Fame ballot. He's our guest next on the Cardinals Countdown to Opening Day, presented by Cameron on the Cardinals Radio Network. We continue with Countdown to Opening Day here on the Cardinals Radio Network. I'm Mike Claiborne. As you have been able to learn over the last few weeks, we've had a chance to visit with a number of individuals who have been nominated to be a member of the Cardinals Hall of Fame for 2018. And one of the nominees is Vince Coleman, a Cardinal and also a Cardinal on the ballot. 13 years in the big leagues. His first six were with the Cardinals where he stole 500 in 29 bases. I'm not sure if they stole 529 bases in all of baseball this year. That included 110 <laughs> stolen bases in his rookie year. He was also the rookie of the year, and it's always good to visit with Vince Coleman. How are you, sir? Hi, uh, I'm Mike. I'm on cloud nine right now just to have my name mentioned in that honor. And, you know, it's a humbling experience. It's humbling. I'm, I'm, I'm honored at the same time. Um, you know, uh, St. Louis is home for me. It's such a great place to play baseball for six years, and 
and I'm thankful for this opportunity, and I can't tell you how honored I am to be in, to be inducted. I'm going to just go ahead and say it. <laughs> You're already in. in. Okay. Yeah, I'm already <laughs> we'll, we'll have the party on Friday night then. I'll, I'll book a table for us somewhere then. That's the case. <laughs> Hey, you know, for for you, it, it's an interesting story on how you got to the big leagues, and uh, and I'll ask you this: right team, right manager, right time for Vince Coleman. Uh, uh, you know, I have to say that I was blessed uh, by by being with the Cardinals, being drafted in 1982, and and the person that I, I, I give all my glory and faith praises to is the one man, and that's George Kissel. Uh, coming through the Cardinals organization, he changed my whole life around because. You know, being in the tenth round, you know, you just feel a player. You know, you, mm-hmm. you just have a little small skill set coming from a little small school, Florida A&M, and they say he was drafted in the tenth round because the competition level wasn't compared to Notre Dame, USC, Cal State, Fullerton. You know, so but I have I came in with a chip on my shoulder anyway. You know, so here is George Kissel saying, you're 23 years old. If you want to play in the major leagues, well, Whitey Herzog, you have to become a switch hitter. So I'm 23, he came in one day, he said, well, I want you to drive the car left-handed, I want you to brush your teeth, comb your hair, and eat, that's all you do is left-handed. He gave me a pipe, and it was, and I swear, it may have been weighing about, about 40 pounds. And he said, I want you to go home and I want you to swing it, you know, 100 times at night, 100 times. But he didn't know that here you have a, uh, a mischievous kid that, that was hungry, uh, didn't want to go back to the environment that we came from, from Florida. Uh, so it came from a household that, you know, grew up where there it was no hot water. You know, there was no uh, air conditions. You know, so I wasn't going back to that environment. So I had to fight and compete for everything that I wanted, you know. So and so with that being said, I swung, opposed to swinging 100 times, I swung it 1,000 times. So that first year I went out in Johnson City and Switch hitter, hit 350, batting left hand, and stole 145 bases. So that was the key to my success. And George Kissel told me one day, he said, you have the ability to be better than Lou Brock because you can steal third base. And when, and that was my motivation from, from his words of wisdom, from him pushing me every day and giving me all the encouragement that I need that helped me become the person that I was. You know, uh, you mentioned Lou Brock. The one thing you guys had in common, you, you guys were both fearless on the bases. And when you were on base with Willie McGee, you guys really got where it became fearless. And uh, I think you probably remember that one play in Chicago where I think you stole every base that was in the ground on that <laughs> that afternoon. Stop Tell us it. a little bit if you remember that story or how that thing unfolded. Of course, that was one of the biggest uh, plays of, of my career, if I can uh, pin down one of them. Uh, being at that point in time, uh, I knew coming in that ball game, I needed one base to, to break one Samuel record. Um, uh, and I didn't get it in the first or second, and it was like the third or fourth inning. And uh, Willie, when we had a signal that he knew that I was going and whoever was batting, uh, i give them a signal. So, um, Santana's was on the mound. Uh, <laughs> You know, you got to understand now, you know, Whitey always gave me the, 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 the green light to go at will, but at the same time, being the base dealer that I was, I was an idiot, but I was an idiot with a plan. So anytime I was on second base, the, the catcher gives all the clip notes back to the pitcher. So I knew that he was throwing breaking balls, and that, that is determined how he sets up behind the plate. So I was a student of the game, and at the same time, I had signals with my, the batter, so... 
I let them know that I was going to be stealing this particular pitch. So if you notice, if you look back all of my sims, if he's still in third base, you would always see it was a breaking ball. You know, so you would say, well, Vince just didn't go out there to run and just be running. He had an idea. He had a plan. So I knew it was breaking ball coming. So <laughs> it was that opportunity for me to go. Um, I took off. And when I dove into third base, I couldn't hold on. My momentum was carrying me off the base, and I trying to, I, I hit it, but I couldn't grab it. I couldn't grip it, you know, to stay there. So my momentum carried me off the base, and Ron Say was coming after me. So my only instinct was to just get up and go home. Now he has me in a rundown, Jody Davis, and he throws it back to Ron Say. But now the pitcher was supposed to be covering home plate. He went to third base. So, therefore, <laughs> home plate was unoccupied. And I went home, probably one of the greatest plays is on my highlight film that you can see four bases on one play and it holds one of the records uh, Major League Baseball. That, that That's an incredible play. And, yeah, folks, if you haven't seen it, you ought to watch it because he, <laughs> all you can say is what the heck is going on out there. Hey, you know, the other thing that about you, especially during your time in St. Louis, with all the base dealing and you were a head-first sliding guy in a lot of situations, uh, you were durable. I mean, you only had one season where you didn't play more than 145 games. Uh, and, and when you're a base dealer at this level, it's a tough way to get up every day knowing that your body's going to be beat up. How you feel today? Did it, did it end up catching up with you? Oh, no, whatsoever. You know, I was a man of hard work. I go out and work out every day. But, you know, during that time, I didn't know any difference. You know, I was preparing myself every day going into the season because I was prepared to be a football player and as you know i played football in college so my workout regimen was always you know a lot of lifting weights a lot of sit-ups and push-ups so i was always able to withstand anything that i was coming in front of me you know so you look at all the great base dealers you look at tim Raines, he was a running back you look at ricky henderson he was a running back in high school look at luke brock you know jackie rock all these was running backs you know football players so it's a football player plus the mentality knowing that you're going to have impact. You're going to get hit. You know, how are you going to get up and respond to that day in and day out? And I was prepared for that. And, you know, as a result, you know, it, it takes a mentality that you have to possess every day you come to that ballpark, knowing the picture. And when I woke up in the morning, every morning I would read the paper. So I was like, oh, yeah, Bruce Hurst, Honeycutt, Paola, you know, Tom Brown, Jim Deshays, all these left-handers I'm throwing at Glavins. I knew already that, hey, I can hit him. I can hit him. Mm-hmm. It's just the fact that once I got on base, I knew every tip, every flaw in his delivery that gave me that edge that once I get on base, I was going to dominate. What was your best memory about playing in St. Louis? Oh, man. <laughs> I, you know what? We don't have enough time to but, – but, you know, the first day I got called up from from uh, Jim Pagosi, and I'm down in AAA, and I thought it was a joke. And I really hung up on him. He called me back. It was like 5 o'clock in the morning. He said, he's going to St. Louis. It was like 12 games into the season. And I get off the plane there. And uh, at Adams, and I was walking across the street to the ballpark. You know, it was, the fans there was just unbelievable how they knew who I was. That, you know, they greeted me and, like, the, the, the energy that they was giving me, inspiration, man, we heard so much about you. We can't. You know, so here I am, a rookie, walking just across the street. And when I got into the ballpark, you know, it was there. Whitey greeted me and brought me in and Dale Maxwell. And they said, well, you only want to be here for 48. I said, well, you know, I'll do respect, sir. You know, I'm here to stay, you know, because I can play. You know, well, we love your attitude, but, 
but you know, you know, we're going to get you going in four days, but we got to send you back because you look green. I say, well, why did you give me this opportunity? You don't fall in love with me. This is a true story. So they put me in the first night there, which well, the first day game was a Thursday. And Steve Rogers, I go one for three. I steal one base, but the next night was against Pittsburgh. Against the best catcher in baseball. And so that first night game in Bush Stadium, I go four for four, steal four bases, had four RBIs. And I, I got a game-winning triple off of Candelaria. You know, so that moment there after the game, coming in the locker room, there's Ozzy and Willie, all the history that's been going on in the Cardinal organization, <clears throat> you know, from Lou Brock to Bob Gibson, Red Chainsies to, to Sam Musial, I felt a part of that, you know, from that moment there, that first night there. And now, granted, now we still had Lonnie Smith, you know. So Lonnie Smith, a great ball player, you yeah. know. And and here I am amongst all these great players, uh, Ozzy, Willie, Tommy Hurd, Jack Clark, and I just felt right in. I felt this was home. And after 25 games in the big leagues, I had maybe 20 stolen bases, and we made a big trade, and we traded Lonnie. And you know, Whitey just embraced me. Whitey just embraced me and gave me the opportunity and the and the energy. That every day when I got on base, I could feel electricity in the crowd, you know. And if I didn't go, it was disappointing. But I didn't want to disappoint me. And that's when I got to the big leagues. It was like, you know, I didn't want to embarrass myself. And then I wanted, uh, and I didn't want to embarrass, you know, why to give me an opportunity there. And I wanted to showcase what I was all about because there was no <clears throat> facade that I stole 145 bases while I was in the Mali. I was here to do the same thing that I had been doing since I was 10 years old. And so that was embracement was just so great from the fans to the teammates and my manager. Just, you know, St. Louis is my home, you know. So, uh, you know, no matter where I've been, but, you know, the shot in the arm and the, and the, and the, and the birth of Vince Coleman started right there the first night that I was uh, April 11th in, in, in 1985. All right, you're back in the game now. You're working in the giant organization. I hope someday we'll see you in that Cardinal uniform. But why, why don't we see more base dealers? Because I don't think we have a lot of good throwing catchers. and I don't see a lot of pitchers with good moves at first, but you show me a good base dealer. I'll show you a, a, a pitcher who has no chance anyway. But why don't we well, see more of it? Well, I, I think it's it, along with the cybermetrics and analytics, I mean, you know, I hear so much about, well, we don't want to build our ball clubs uh, based around taking chances of, of stealing bases or going into out. So, I mean, but that's where the game has changed a little bit from the management standpoint. So when you build your team, you're looking for home run hitters. You're looking for guys that turn to double play. But what about the guy that steal a base? So, And I think the better athletes are taking the easy road and that's going straight to the major, uh, I'm sorry, straight to NFL and straight to the NBA, opposed to taking the time to go to the mileage and spending that time down there to develop. And if you don't have that mentality, that uh, confidence that I can go right into baseball and, 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 and dominate right away, then you don't take that road. You don't take that chance. And I don't think that <clears throat> over a period of time in baseball, it, it takes time to develop that. And whether or not you have a, an instructor, a, a manager, a, a, a general manager to have the patience and to, to teach you the, all the new nuances that what it takes to be a dominant baseball player from a base stealing standpoint. And if, 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 if you have that 
particular kid, that particular athlete that's willing to learn and give you that, then that's when I become valuable. But if you don't have that and you know that you want to go up there and just hit home runs and not really take the time to study the pitchers that could be a dominant force, can be a game changer, that's if, – if I was a manager, that's the type of player that I would want these days. But to answer your question, why we don't have that, because I think the better athletes that are in the game right now are not just – base dealers mentality, they more home run hitters and want to see how hard and I can uh, throw in pitches and, and, and striking guys out. It's all about power these days instead of skill, I think, and I think you make a good, right. very good point. Hey, Vince, we're out of time. Uh, again, congratulations on the nomination, uh, and I guess, Thank like you. you said, congratulations on the induction, according to you. <laughs> so we get all this squared away in one interview. <laughs> so I, you know, I, I think guess I'm one of the fans' favorite. You know yeah, I mean? well, there's no doubt about that. There's no doubt. And if you're not, and if they're not sure, just ask you if you're if you're a favorite or not. So I'm looking forward to seeing you here in August, uh, one way or the other. But I get the feeling you're certainly going to be on the minds of many of the fans, and 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 we're looking forward to having you in the, as a Cardinal Hall of Famer. Well, from what I was told, it's all left up to the fans, and I know that. Hey, I, I love the fans. They were so much, mean so much to me. And I know that if I can give my left arm right now, I'll put on that uniform right now. Be anything to be back in the, the in a Cardinal uniform. But but to have that red jacket on, you know, is very humbling and an honor, you know, to, to be there. Well, I tell you what, if you give up your left arm, Michael Jordan and all your other golfing buddies would certainly want to play golf with you at that point. They may have a chance to beat you. Hey, hey man, as always, it's great to visit with you. Again, congratulations, and we look forward to seeing you on the trail here real soon. Uh, thank you very much, Mike. Vince Coleman with Mike Claiborne. We'll come back and have a special ticket giveaway next. I'm Tom Ackerman. This is Cardinals Countdown to Opening Day, presented by Ameren on the Cardinals Radio Network. We hope you enjoyed the show tonight, Cardinals Countdown to Opening Day. And we are counting down the days for sure as March is upon us, just a month away until the baseball season, actually less than that. It is also March, meaning college basketball. Let's give away seven ticket vouchers for any single session of the 2018 Missouri Valley Conference Men's Basketball Tournament running March 1st through the 4th. For more information on the Missouri Valley Conference games, visit archmadness.com. How about the fifth caller right now at 31 31- Four five three one eleven twenty three one four five three one eleven twenty. The fifth caller receives seven ticket vouchers for any single session of the 2018 MVC Men's Basketball Tournament at Scott Trade Center. The producers tonight are Dave Klein and Ben Boyd. For Chris Raby and Mike Claiborne, I'm Tom Ackerman. Thanks for joining us. This has been Cardinals Countdown to Opening Day, presented by Ameren on the Cardinals Radio Network. Okay, picture this. It's Friday afternoon when a thought hits you. I can waste another weekend doing the same old whatever, or I can conquer it. I can hop into my all-new Hyundai Santa Fe and hit the road. Any road. The steeper, the better. Because my all-new Santa Fe is available with H-Track all-wheel drive, so I can hit the trail without a worry in the world. Heck, with three rows and best-in-class rear cargo space, I can pack the whole family in with all our gear. We've got available dual wireless charging for our phones, so we'll never lose touch with civilization, and we won't lose touch with the primordial power of Mother Earth. So which is it? Waste the weekend or do something a little more epic? And conquer it 
in the all-new Hyundai Santa Fe. Visit HyundaiUSA.com or call 562-314-4603 for more details. Hyundai, there's joy in every journey.